You have won a slow distraction from our creep towards death. Different that's a podcasting. Time for apologies. The network would like me to apologize for the unending high volume Duran Duran cover band. I'm sorry. Here is the story of the Gulabi Gang. Do you know about them? N- no. What are they? Fuck yeah. Oh man. I thought you would, I was worried you might know about them already. So I'm so happy you don't. So this time, instead of, this is the first episode where I'm not talking about an animal. <laughs> I'm veering off the beaten path. <laughs> uh, the Gulabi Gang is a vigilante group of women in northern India. Mm-hmm. Yas. So Gulabi is Hindi for pink. This is a vigilante group that first appeared in northern India as a widespread response towards violence against women. They are referred, they refer to themselves as a gang um, not interested in crime, but a gang for, and I quote, justice. Members consist of women between 18 and 60 years old. They wear pink saris and carry bamboo sticks. Yes. Yes. They're fucking badass. They were founded in 2006 as a response to the lack of police action to domestic abuse. So basically it's this thing where they will like approach law enforcement about issues. And then if law enforcement fails to act, they will take it into their own hands. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. This is fucking awesome. They're so fucking great. Um, So, uh, part of the reason that they, um, are necessary is because they come out of the Banda district, which, uh, still uses a caste system Oh, for reasons I don't understand. And I started to dive into it and then I was just, it would be like a whole, there's a whole other history lesson that, that would have to happen for us to understand the fucked up politics of the Banda district in India. Um, but to give you an idea of what it's like there. Uh, this area was just where, where they came from, uh, where the Gulabi gang originated. Uh, the Banda district has been described by the BBC as, or by a BBC report as, and I quote, highly caste ridden, feudalistic and male dominated society. Dowry demands and domestic and sexual violence are common. Locals say it is not surprising that a woman's vigilante group has sprung up in this landscape of poverty, discrimination, and chauvinism. Whoa. Yeah. Quite the, they put that on all their tourism uh, paraphernalia. Every pamphlet right in the front, a landscape of poverty, discrimination, and chauvinism. So as of 2014, which I spelled on this doc with two O's for reasons no one understands. um, (laughs) 2014. 2014. At that time, the group had, um, at least 270,000 members. Yeah. So there was one report that said they had 400,000, but this other one said 270,000. According to one report. Some some reports say more, but I went with the lower number cuz it's still a very big fucking number. <laughs> anyway, a lot of fucking people. Uh so this type of stuff that they do, um community service efforts of the gang include but are not limited to food and grain distribution to villagers in rural areas. 
Cool. Pension to widows who do not have the means to support themselves in their old age um, and helping prevent the abuse of women and children. Um, They teach women self-defense. They teach women how to be economically self-sufficient. And there are not to, you know, not to be elitist. They also help men uh, who need help. They um, were approached at one point by a group of farmers um, who were putting on a march uh, to get compensation. Um, the Gulabi gang even partnered with a couple of nonprofits at one time and at one point created a school for 400 girls because one of their main missions is female literacy, because that's something that is, um, you know, because keeping women illiterate is a great way to stop your country from progressing anywhere. Um, and a great way to disempower people. Right. Uh, that's what Malala Yousafzai is all about. Anyway. The Gulabi gang has also, because they're totally fucking badass, have gone undercover to investigate companies treating their workers unfairly. They have stormed offices of companies withholding resources. They have stopped some child marriages. And uh, I said protested female literacy already. Um, they typically, typically their modus operandi is um, occupations and marches. Uh, but they've also performed large demonstrations in front of police stations. Um, and sometimes the homes of rapists, they'll just all fucking show up outside oh someone's fucking house. Fucking God. Wouldn't that be terrible? So imagine like you rape someone, you're a piece of shit. You walk out your front door and there are hundreds to thousands of Indian women of all ages in pink saris holding bamboo sticks about to fuck your ass up. Right. So uh, there was one. So they were known do for they, being. Do they demand that the offender turn themselves in, or uh, like? Yeah, they either they they typically try to demand justice, like that the either the offender turn themselves in, or that they the the victim um, seeks like the the victim gets some sort of um, some sort of justice, and that was a little vague on what that meant. I think it t- means like you know, legal justice. Um, I think, uh, well, okay. So there, sometimes it's simpler than that because they were known as a peaceful group until there was an instance where a woman was raped by a man of a higher caste. And not only did it go unreported, but those who protested it were thrown in prison. Uh, enter stage right, the Gulabi gang, who charged the prison and demanded not only freedom for the protesters, but justice for the victim. Um, and the, uh, the, the police officers didn't cooperate with them. And so it was from that moment on that the Gulabi gang became known to use violence and public shaming to make a point. So, so they will straight up public shame your ass if, if like, you can't get thrown. If you've done something wrong and they won't put you in jail, they will just shame the fuck out of you. They will, like, old school cancel you um, and or beat your ass with bamboo sticks. Wow. Yeah. So in, in lieu of justice, a beating. <laughs> uh, one commander of the gang stated that when a woman seeks the membership of Gulabi Gang, it is because she had... St- she has suffered injustice, has been oppressed, and does not see any other recourse. 
And then another commander said, if we find the culprit, we thrash him black and blue so he dare not attempt to do wrong to any girl or woman again. And those are the wow. badasses that, cons- that make up the Gulabi gang. That is so fucking cool. Isn't that fucking dope? Yeah. I, I want amazing. to like see an interview with one of these older members. Like yeah. oh the my moment God, yes. that you said uh, like 18 to 60 year old, I'm, I'm like, I want to see the 60 year old carrying the bamboo stick, like ready to beat. I have a fucking photo fucking, for you. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just texted you a picture. I, for those listening, just Google image search Gulabi gang. And the first image that comes up is the one that I just sent to Greg. Which hasn't reached me yet. Oh, there we go. Look at those fucking badasses. Holy crap. Like, I would not want to be in trouble with these women. I like that she decorated her bamboo. Oh, yeah. You gotta fucking decorate your bamboo. You gotta decorate your beaten stick. Decorate your, decorate your beaten stick. Wow. If you're not decorating your beating stick, what are you even doing with your life? <laughs> yep. Did I just sent you a second photo. Yep. So good. One more. Just one more. Because they're so, wow. I'm just inspired by them. Aren't they a dope? Like, I would not want to mess with them. No. And or I would want them behind me. Mm-hmm. Like, I would want them on my fucking side. So, that's the Gulabi gang, motherfuckers. So fucking cool. Right? Yeah. Nice. I'm so happy you didn't know about them. I'm so happy to have learned about them from you. They're great. They're fucking great. I, uh, I want to be more like them one day. Just fucking show up at a rapist's house and just beat his ass with a stick. And all of my closest friends. I feel like you could do that if you wanted. I could do that now. I would need pink clothing. I don't have any pink clothing. We can go thrift this store may shopping. Surprise you. I'm hoping for. Uh, we a can't. Pink, Everything's closed. Pink tuck like a like a pantsuit or a tux. Oh my god! A fucking pantsuit. A three piece. Yeah. Pantsuit. Suspenders. Bow tie. Yes. A belt. Pink, a belt and pink. suspenders. You ask. Pink. 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 Top fucking hat. Three fedoras on top of a top hat. All pink. <laughs> Maybe just a top hat. Wait. Maybe just a top hat. But the coat of the suit has tails. Yes. And it's pink as fuck. Yep. Yep. Cool. I'm ready. I'm ready. Sign me up. Sign me up, motherfucker. I love how we're recording ourselves talking about committing a crime. What? (laughs) We would never commit crimes. Our truths with Gemma. The following animals have all gone extinct in the last century. The northern white rhinoceros. The Spix macaw. The thylacine. The passenger pigeon. The quagga. The Pyrenean ibex. The golden toad. The Zanzibar leopard. The med... We're skipping that. The Carolina parakeet. The West African black rhino, the Tacopa pupfish, the Falkland Islands wolf, the Javan tiger, the Round Island burrowing. Our shoes with Anyway, 
I'm getting sidetracked. You're going to have to go through all this later. Tell me, tell me, tell me a thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So this month I wanted to be topical. So we're going to talk about viruses, but Uh, I know, I know specifically computer viruses. Hey, what a twist. What a twist. I know. It's like I'm in like Shyamalama Ding Dong. All right. (laughs) So, um, that noise fucking was. Oh, you're like, the that? The that. Okay, moving on. The that indeed. Moving on. So I want to start this story in December of 1987. And I'm going to give some context clues for that. Um, Of course you are. I expect nothing less. Yes. Okay, so Ronald Reagan just admitted to the public that the Iran-Contra affair had deteriorated into an arms for hostages deal. God, you're so obsessed with Ronald Reagan. I know, poster in my bedroom and what have you. Okay, so above your bed. um, In Salt Lake City, the Unabomber had just set off two bombs, and "Faith" by George Michael is top of the charts. That really paints a picture for me. Good. Now, I'm joking. um, None of that paint. I wasn't alive for any of this. (laughs) (laughs) Right, but you know the song. Uh, like, uh, uh, anyway, so I need you to picture a computer monitor from that era. And I like to imagine Huge. a black background with either neon green or a dull mustard glow of text coming through. Um, yes, like Matrix style. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. So Ba-ba-ba. picture Ba-ba-ba. this retro green glow of dated monitors Mm -hmm. lighting the face of a well-meaning young male grad student at (coughs) Klosthal University, which is in West Germany. Is it Bill Gates? It's... (laughs) It is! He's (laughs) surprisingly... uh, A German motherfucker. Yeah, who knew? (laughs) Just to clear things up, it's not Bill Gates. Um... (laughs) As we find out later, this person (laughs) remains anonymous to this day. Um, Oh. Ooh. He emailed a program titled Chrisma Exec to his friends. And it's Chrisma, not Christmas, just because of a file naming protocol at the time. Maximum eight letters, Christmas is nine. Womp womp. Oh, wow. Maximum eight letters for a file name. Things were really different then. (laughs) Right? And that's the height of it. (laughs) Um, The message he sends says, browsing this file is no fun at all. Just type Christmas. And if you, receiving the message, type Christmas, a Christmas tree made of asterisks appears on your screen and a message in all caps reading, a very happy Christmas and my best wishes for the next year. And... You know, maybe his friends think, huh, that's cute. But what they don't realize is that anyone who typed Christmas that month was part of the first debilitating and international infection of the net. Oh. People were so, so naive. Yes. Just didn't know any better. Um, We we didn't know the extent of that assholes could also be assholes in the digital landscape. Right. Well, 
Imagine that. I mean, a- according to this student, this was well-meaning and it was meant to be like a kind, warm-hearted thing. And he accidentally crashed three of the larger networks that existed at the time with his Christmas card. Uh, oh, wait, so he wasn't trying to do something bad. Um, right. So oh, he was. When, when it's traced back to him, Klossal University dealt with this internally by banning him from their computer department and hmm. uh, maintained his anonymity. But legend has it that he cried as he defended his innocence, saying, no, this was meant to be like a kind, warm-hearted gift, you know, to, m- to my friends. And what would happen if you ran the program is it would send itself to everyone your computer had permission to send a message to. So mm. it's a Christmas card that goes to everyone. But the issue is that it made it so that doing anything non-Christmas related became kind of impossible on, on your computer. Um, and the networks that crashed were the European Academic Research Network, the one that he sent oh. the message on originally. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it, it, That's problematic. Right. Um, from there, it went to BitNet, which is an American research network. And from there, it went to IBM's global VNet, which shut down and rebooted three times that December. Oh, and because of that? Wait, what? All because of that? All be- or IBM was just having a bad month? No, 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 no. Specifically because of this program, which was the first global worm infection. Wow. And, oh, yeah, yeah. This is my favorite part. One year later, in December of 1988, a curious researcher at IBM stumbled upon a copy of Christmas Exec and was like, huh, it's Christmas time. I wonder what this program does and ran it. Why did they leave it on the thing? And <laughs> right? Well, it went to so many different computers. And so, okay. so IBM's researcher accidentally crashed VNet again one year later. How festive. Isn't it? (laughs) Um, Wow. As I was diving into this whole of computer viruses, I found so many interesting things that I really want to tell you about. But for your sake and everyone else's, I'm limiting myself to just Chrisma exec and this other rogue program called Creeper and Reaper, and the two of them kind of go together. I think I've heard of Creeper. Ooh. Maybe. Percaps. 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 Shall we dive into Creeper? Let's do it. All right. Now it's the 1970s. 1971. Disco, disco music. Disco music. Disco music. Uh, this is me. This is me. My rights-free disco music playing in the background to set the stage. <laughs> I like that. I'm gonna have to amplify it. I'll turn up the volume. Okay. Or just can you scream your disco into the microphone? Disco, 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 disco. 
Thank you. That's what I needed. <laughs> Anytime. Um, <laughs> it's what we all needed. Uh, more context than that, if you need it. Uh, <laughs> Richard Milhouse Nixon is president. Asshole. The third lunar landing, Apollo 15, just occurred. Uh, Charles Manson and friends are sentenced to death. And the Pentagon Papers are published. And Missy Elliott is born. All this year. Uh, thank goodness for Missy Elliott. Right. Wait, is it Nixon that you're obsessed with? No, it was Reagan. It's Reagan. I was. I wanted to make sure I was making a joke about the right piece of shit. Anyway, so Nixon, Missy Elliott, Charles Manson. What do these guys all have in common? 1971. Greg's about to tell us. 1971. Oh, 1971. That's the answer. Yep. So um, Robert H. Thomas creates the first rogue program and named it the creeper and the original program would print a message on a teletype which is kind of like a network printer picture one of those old printers like the one that strong bad uses where it's just like one yes. roll of paper. Yeah, yeah 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 like perforated with the holes yep so it's a printer like that, but with a keyboard attached to it, and you would type a message along with code into your teletyper, and that message would print at the receiving teletyper. So a typewriter, basically. Yeah, it's like a typewriter connected to a phone line, and what you type ends up printing on the other typewriter. Wild. Right? I, I thought these were so cool. I can send you a photo of one if you want. That's okay. Um, okay, so Robert, Robert Thomas created a virus that would print in all caps. Oh, wait, technically not a virus because it doesn't replicate itself. Um, but he created a rogue program that would print, I'm the creeper, catch me if you can. And then it would send itself on to the next teletyper. And mm. it became a virus when it was updated later by Ray Tomlinson, who's known as the father of email. And he updated the rogue software to replicate itself before moving from computer to computer. Um, so this is the era of the aforementioned black and green computer monitors. So you can imagine in all caps on your computer monitor, I'm the creeper, catch me if you can. And horrifying. Um, Tom Tomlinson's update made the creeper the first official worm. He then wrote the Reaper program, and what it did is it would uh just just like the worm, the creeper, it would send itself to every computer that your computer was allowed to send a message to. Um mm -hmm and replicate itself there, the difference being the Reaper programs, one directive was to delete the files essential to the Creeper program. So this is the first instance of a nematode, a, a virus that deletes other viruses. Huh. And... Is that... Why is that... Okay. Wait. I didn't know that there was a name for that. Yeah, right? There... Like I That's neat. I really went into a wormhole looking into the many different types of viruses. And uh nematodes are I, I just think it's so cool that you can use a virus to kill a virus. Um and Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. 
Yeah. Uh, most most of the like most famous viruses of the early 2000s are nematodes that uh, because they would kill off other viruses your computer had got in order to make space for themselves. Wow. I, I've dated people like that. <laughs> oh. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. So those are the two viruses I wanted to tell you about. Those are fucking cool. Look how succinct that was. That was compact as hell. This month's special guest, Icarus hitting the sun. Oh my god, I did- ah! Wouldn't like an explosion. <laughs>